0: Stumps, humps, and beer fumps.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Stumps,
0: umps and beer pumps. Welcome to Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps, the Cricket Club Podcast and the only podcast dedicated to club cricket across the UK and beyond. I'm Rick, along with Livo, Mars and Neil, we will bring you the news, views and a bit of a laugh from around the country as we speak to the players, coaches, volunteers and all the personalities involved in our wonderful game. We'll have all the usual features, including our Super Over series, quick five fun with you and me, me and you, and of course, our special guest in Cow Corner. We'll also keep you up to speed with all the goings-on in our very own Winslow Cricket Club. After all, that's where it all started. We also want to hear from you, the listener. So please get in touch with any stories or anecdotes via Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or simply email us at stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. So, over to the team at Winslow Cricket Club, the little club with a big personality. Stumps, umps, and beer pumps. Welcome to another episode of Stumps, Ups and Beer Pumps and part two of our Derbyshire special with Lewis Reese in Cow Corner. We hope you enjoyed the first part, where Lewis spoke quite openly about some mental health issues he had with himself and within the game. He also spoke openly and honestly about his playing time within the England and Lancashire set-up and his move to Derbyshire, where he's become an integral part of the Derbyshire Cricket Club family and showing just what he is capable of, and his stats and results speak for themselves. That said, let's go to Cow Corner and hear more from Livo and Mars and our second part
2: of Lewis Rees. Stumps, bumps, can be a We're going to get on to a bit more present season in a second, but yeah. you know, listening to what you said about Derby and uh, you, you love playing there, would, would, have you really found your home in Derby? 100%. 100%. Yeah.
1: Right, it's, I I, that was the one thing that was so refreshing mm. and really obvious when I first came from Lancashire to Derby, was that family feel of the club. Yeah. The fans board members the players when I first came I remember the dressing room so clearly and like vividly how genuinely great everyone mm. got on. it really um, between
2: the lines Lewis it sounds like you needed that at that time to be honest with you.
1: Yeah no I did I did and you know I'm very much someone that I'm my worst critic I don't need another coach mm. coming at me yeah. and yelling, yelling at me in my face because no. no matter what he says, I've told myself that twenty times worse anyway. But what I did need is someone or a group of people that I could look at and go, you know what? You've got my back. I've got your mm. back. That's exactly.
2: The I was gonna. I
1: was gonna say it's all about man
2: management, and you've mentioned Andrew and the way he treated you and Peter Moores. and obviously you've now got um, Mickey there doing the same job for you. And we've witnessed Mickey on the outfield, putting his arm around players and. Uh, different styles with different players. And, and I think that's a great skill. Is that something that Mickey's done for you as well? Has he identified what your needs are and, mm-hmm. and given you that belief in yourself through his methods?
1: Yeah, I think like, it was different because when Mickey came, I was very much broken. Really? I, okay. I had a shoulder up, so I was in a sling. I had a, I think I was on crutches with my knee. He must have looked at me and went, this man's literally... <laughs> um, so, obviously, like, it's been an interesting journey with me and Mickey. Is mm. the fact He's not really understood where, what to do with me. So, if you've oh. looked at it, I started off batting, um, I think, about at six when yeah. he first came.
2: Yeah.
1: I then got left out of the side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I then got brought back into the side batting at six. I then mm-hmm. got moved to open. And then this year, I went down to seven. Uh, I didn't start the season again. I went down to seven. And then, all of a sudden, I then got dragged back up to the top and away we've gone. Yeah. I've bowled a little bit here and there. I wasn't mm. fit to bowl the first half of last year. I then bowled little bits and pieces. So it's been it's been different and like anything, like we have our discussions and on what's best to do and how we go with it. But I think the best thing I can say with Mickey is is the fact that we've been really honest with each other, sometimes yeah. brutally honest.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's 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 developed the relationship a lot quicker than what mm. it could have done. Mm. So it sounds to me
2: as if the best that comes out of you is when somebody's
1: communicating with
2: you and to have those frank discussions because you know where you stand then. And uh, it sounds to me as if that's worked, and especially as the season's gone on for you this season. Wow. I mean, you must like batting against Glamorgan. That's all I can say.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think the pivoting point this year was actually Mickey and me chatting. Yeah. So he had a chat with me. I, I remember it very, very well. We're at Worcester. And the day before Worcester at Worcester, so we were in the nets, and there was only a few of us that went down for a hit the day before. so I was there with him and I f- we finished up and Mickey said, "Oh, Reece, can I have a chat with you?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." And he said, "How are we going to get the best out of you?" Here? And I said, "What do you mean, mate?" And he said, "Well, you know you look so good and you know you've shown little bits and snippets here throughout the year that you you know you've been hitting the ball well He said, but how do we get the best out of it?" And I said, "Good question. I've been asking myself at the same. Like the same thing, like it's really frustrating. I had obviously the game at Durham and I had two in that hour and I felt brilliant um, against, you know, the best bowling attack in the division. I said, and then since then, I've sort of had little starts and then I just get out and then, you know, it's really annoying me. And he said, yeah, he said, that's pretty much how I'd sum it up was you get starts, you look unbelievable and then you just find a way of getting out. And he said, how do we stop that? And I said, I don't know. I said ultimately I don't have a clue. And he said, yeah. he spoke to me more about my tempo than anything else. He said, How about okay. we just push your tempo up a little bit and just try mm-hmm. and nudge you that way? And he said, Um, I honestly think you're a better cricketer when you're trying to be a bit more aggressive.
3: So vlogging days then, eh? yeah, <laughs> it's there. like full circle all the way around <laughs> to Fox. He's gone I'm back out, to Fox Lane. <laughs>
1: Going back to it, maybe that was the problem originally. Maybe it was my coach yeah. that stopped yeah. the slogging slowed it
3: down. So, all of these years, Jim Kenyon, um, who you know, after I think rest in peace is the right phrase to use, he stopped you from slogging and actually probably held you back 10 years.
1: <laughs> no, it, well, it was Paul Chapman that stopped Oh, it was the Paul slogging. Chapman, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Jim's thing was make sure that I don't get out when we're winning the game. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so it was that chat at Worcester that just sort of like, Hmm. I think it just helped push me on a little bit of going, right, okay, no, don't worry about the looking good, just try and take it to the opposition a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that was the catalyst. So then you played Durham at home. Yeah. Uh, and then since then, obviously, things went as well as they possibly could have done.
2: I mean, David Griffin's had a field day with you this year. He's literally, records coming out of his ears with you. And I was reading one of his articles the other day. And I think your scores are two hundreds, well, hundred eight innings against Glamorgan away and then Glamorgan at home. is. I, I think only one other person has done something like that, is it? Yes, yeah, um, so no
1: one one scored four in the same season
2: Um, same team
1: uh, and there's only I think there's only a few of us that have done it twice Um,
2: and during that time he went on a run of I think seven consecutive 50s as well didn't he which was yeah yeah that's a record in itself, I believe, as well. I'm sure David will put us right if we if we get any of this wrong. But uh...
1: oh, yeah, it's. Um... I mean,
2: you spoke. You said Mickey spoke to you, and you had an open conversation. But did something? I mean, when you're in a purple patch like that, and just something just clicking, you you see this, you know, tunnel vision about how you play. It, it must be a phenomenal feeling.
1: Yeah, I think you need one innings. That's yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sure you would have heard it many, many times. You need one innings. One yeah. innings to get you going and. I go back to that innings against Durham, and that was a big turning point for me. At Mm. home, was the fact that I went out there and I tried to be a little bit more assertive, and like you get confidence from doing it. So then all of a sudden it's like there, and then I suppose it's like anything in the world: the less you think about it, the better you do. Yeah, yeah. So you know how many times if you ever play golf that you stand over a putt for what feels like an hour, and you're there looking at every turn and bump and that and you miss it and then you put the ball back and you just literally just swing through the ball and you put it in the hole and you're just like why didn't I do that originally yeah yeah but it's not thinking about it for too long and it's just reacting and doing it and then eventually as I say that one innings just ends up making you go well there's the ball hit the ball
2: yeah yeah
1: and you've just simplified it and it's obviously it's easier said than done, otherwise mm-hmm. everyone would be in a purple patch all year long every year sure, on the line, yeah. but it's I suppose it's that confidence you get of doing things, and then, as I say what I all I tried to do then was go right, well don't go too far ahead, do the simple things that you've been doing that's got you in this position now yeah. and try and maximize what you can because the start of next year you could end up with six ducks in a row yeah
2: yeah
1: and all of a sudden it's a completely different game again and as I say, it was that thing of trying not to get too, too up. as same way when you're going through a lean patch, try not to get too down. So you try and stay yeah. the level that you possibly can and keep doing the basic things that have served you well and keep doing them and keep doing them. And as I say, hopefully you keep getting the rewards. And as I say, I was lucky enough this year that I got luck along the way. Yeah, And, and you know, me and Harry both developed that understanding and that connection as an opening partnership yeah. that you need. And, you know, I think, I don't know our numbers, but I reckon that's the most, I'd probably say the most consistent opening partnership I've ever had in my career. Are you good, are you good mates? We are. We get on really, really well. We do get yeah, on really, really I think, really I well. think that helps do out it. Yeah. And I think hopefully he knows how much belief I have in him. Yeah, Just as much as I know how much belief he has in me. And I think we go back to the fact that we know that we've got each other's backs and we know that what works for us and we can speak to each other and, as I say, being out in the middle, sometimes we don't have to say anything. Yeah. But we know what each other's thinking and we know how we are. And he's definitely someone that, when he realizes how good he really is, I think his ceiling is very high. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's the exciting thing as a Derby fan is that actually we haven't seen the best of Harry Kane yet. Mm. Um, you know, he's ha- still had a hell of a good year this year, but I know that there's a lot more in there. And, you know, I think he could be a great servant for years and years to come.
3: Definitely, definitely. I think one of the things you've said there, Lewis, which I find really interesting, and Marcel remind me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure it was one of your colleagues who said to us when we interviewed him 18 months ago, the only ball you can actually do anything about is the next one. And it's just thinking about that. And I think it was Mr. Wayne Madsen said that to us.
1: But I think he plays a different sport to everyone else because he makes <laughs> it look ridiculously easy. I swear people are using a tennis ball when they bowl it in.
3: Yeah, yeah no, no comment. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a picture that Griff put on uh, Twitter a co- couple of days ago of uh, Madder's... the position he's on on the ground I don't know how he's even got himself into that position but he's played some sort of reverse sweep and ended
1: up doing some sort of it's (laughs) just a different it is
3: a different game altogether to him isn't it it
1: is and you know he's he actually makes me sick at times watching him do things because you know he doesn't pick up a golf club in x amount of time and then he goes to the golf day and he goes around five over and I'm like what are you doing mate if I don't pick up a golf club for Six months, I can't get the ball airborne, let alone get the ball in the hole.
3: Yeah, there's the trailer for this podcast. Wayne yeah. Madsen makes me sick
1: <laughs>
3: without a shadow of
1: that.
3: Let's just look overall at 2023 then and sort of get around what's happened at the club then, Lewis. If you were to score the county championship season out of 10 for Derbyshire,
1: how would you score it? At 10, I'd probably give it a five. That could easily be a nine. Yes. But it could also easily be a one. So the reason why I go five is because there's so many games where we've been on the front foot and we've almost dominated from the get-go. And then Mm -hmm. it's either been weather's intervened or certain things that have got in our way. Yeah. But there's also been games where we've got ourselves behind the eight ball so far, but then we've had we've shown some serious fighting character to make sure that we get out of that game. It's been inconsistent at best. Frustrating that we haven't won a game this year in the county championship. But again, all we needed to do is what win two, two or three games out of the ones that we drew, and all of a sudden we sat right at the top. Definitely,
3: I think the the cricketer magazine described in their review of Derbyshire as a winless. Four day season. But mm. I think that is a really, really loose way of putting everything. If you've got to look at every single game individually, the amount of games that we got that close to winning versus the games that we brought back to a draw on, you know, and almost won at the very end, didn't we? Well, as I
1: say, you look at it, Durham were by far the best team in our group. Mm-hmm. I think we could all be honest and say they were. Actually, class above the way they played the cricket, the way you know they just went about things was refreshing.
2: Alex Lee's had an amazing season as well.
1: Yeah, and all their players sort of stepped up when they needed to. And you look at them and you go, you know what, you you deserve Division One status. Like you are a Division One side. However, the rest of the pack, no one stood out. Yeah, everybody beat each other. Yeah, it was all beating each other. It was always scrappy and it was always weather intervene. It was always, you know, I think that's why Durham was so far ahead, because they made so much time up during the game, scoring at five and over. Yeah. That they made time to be able to ball out. So if they lost a day, they'd still probably have three quarters of a day left when they won the game. Yeah. It's almost but- like
2: Alex Lees has reinvented himself since he was in the English side. You know, he's he was in the English side looking very turgid and I like, couldn't get it off the square almost. He's just gone mad, hasn't he, since?
1: Yeah, and I think that probably a similar thing that's gone to him is what's happened to me this summer in terms of, I'm not measuring me as an international cricketer, that's not what yeah. I'm saying at all, but he got starts when he played Test Cricket. Yeah, He always got starts, he just didn't kick on to get a big score that would have mm. cemented his spot. So he's gone away and thought, you know what, England are trying to play this brand, I'm going to go out there and do that. Yeah, fair play, yeah. And let's be fair, he has to be somewhere knocking on that door mm-hmm. of saying, I want another opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And whether the England selectors are not pick him or not, that's up to them. But he's put himself now in a position where it's going to be tough to ignore him. And he's pretty much epitomised how they've played. So you look at him, Beddingham, Clark, you know, Robinson. Yeah. These blokes that have stood out and, you know, they've just taken taken the game for them. And then you when you have the likes of pot, uh, pots, cars, Rain, they deserve to be where they are. But the rest of the pack, no one stood out. No one's, no one's. I've looked yeah. at and I've gone, you know what? You guys are, deserve to be up there. They all, everyone seems to be on sort of like a level playing field. Do
2: you think it's a case with Derbyshire that they perhaps didn't grasp the moment in the game where they could have gone away with it? You know, it's. And I think Nasser Hussein talks about this as well about. It's about key moments and realising that what part of the game you're in is grasping it and seizing that moment and running with it. Do so you think that's something that Derbyshire could improve on?
1: I think that's 100%. I do. Yeah. And that's, they're the small things that we're talking about mm, there.
2: Absolutely, yeah, Small game,
1: Yes. A win from a draw to, you know, playing out to be a draw. Yeah. But I do think we've had issues this year of trying to get a result wicket, mm. but I also think we've had our, our opportunities where we've not quite took them, where we've dropped too many catches, or mm-hmm. we have ended up having a bad session with the bat where we've lost six, seven wickets, or yeah. we've ended up going naught for 140 in a session, something like that, where you just, not through anyone's fault. It's not like you're meaning to do that. But it's having the ability in that side to actually go, you know what, no, I'm going to be the man that's going to change this session. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be the one that's going to put my hand up and go, no, I'm not having this. Mm. And again, it's an easier thing to say, but you look at counties that sort of, if we played against a Surrey or whatever, I'm sure we would compete for a certain amount of time. Yeah. But it would be those sessions that you lose. Yes. Absolutely. And you decrease them. Rather than making it a six for twenty or six for thirty that you end up bullying. instead of getting three fifty, you bowl out for two sixty. Yeah, you definitely. Know, yeah, I agree. With the, it. That's the that's the, our development as a side that we've got to do is trying to make sure that we don't have those stupid sessions where it ends up putting all the hard work that's gone beforehand to waste. Even if you lose the session, it's trying not to be demoralised. Yeah, a session. not a big loss. Yeah. 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 So like if you if you know if a team gets two for a hundred. You know, you can say you've lost that session in if you're in the field, but you know, if they're a naught for 150, 160, which has happened this year, all of a sudden that session has taken the game well out of reach. You know, a decent session if you're bowling on a decent wicket. You know, if you can get I don't know three for 80, you know, on a decent cricket wicket at Derby that's you know been batter friendly last couple of years.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, if you can do that, then all of a sudden you're massively still in the game. You've got your you know you've got your claws in that opposition. And then hopefully you can do to them what we're trying to not do and you get them five for 20 or something like that and you end up, that's how you win a game.
3: Definitely. And that's one of the, I'm going to use a very kind word here, the older, more experienced players around the the group right now yourself, are they the conversations you're having with the, you've got some young guys still in the group. Are they the things that you, along with the coaches, are pushing through to them all the time?
1: I think that's something that we've obviously had an evolving squad over the last 18 Mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen a lot of, people go and a lot of people come. I mean, there's only Wayne left from when I first signed at the club. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, so there's a lot of change. So yeah. with that, you're going to have to, things are going to have to settle. You're going to have yeah. to find people's roles and responsibilities. But I think it's a conversation that has to be had earlier rather than later so people can actually work on it and understand mm-hmm. what needs to be worked on.
2: This is a bit of a quirk. When I did some stats and looking up some information, Shammasu left to go to Yorkshire they got relegated on the last game of the season and ended up back in your division. Leas has gone down to Middlesex. They ended up getting relegated on the last day of the season and he's back in your division. How are you going to get on with him next year? And and do you see yourself as potential captaincy
1: material? You know,
2: for, for the you know for future years.
1: Um, well, first thing, right, when Leas comes back, you know, when you're on the field of play, it doesn't matter. No, um, of course. Yeah. Ultimately the advantages that we know is getting. Mm. Um, I just
3: can't wait. I'd love to hear the, the there needs to be a, what's the, <laughs> the word? There needs to be a stump, Mike, for the banter that goes on, the sledging, about his 500-year contract that he's got at Middlesex, which no one's ever heard of before, <laughs> earning 18 million a year because it was everywhere all about the cricket industry, about how big this was. And then he's going to rock back up at Derby and all you know, Sam Connors has got to want to do is take his head <laughs> off, isn't it? And hopefully that is the case. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: But, um, you know, you play against opposition and you play, there's that much franchise cricket and there's that much sort of interacting yeah. with teams in that now anyway. Like, I suppose the way cricket's being played is slightly changing. Mm. Um, but yeah, when Lias obviously comes back, your friendship's got to stay to one side anyway, which, mm. you know, I know certain individuals who bowl in our squad, they all have that in them anyway. Like Sammy's, you know, he's one of the, the biggest personalities in terms of getting in the battle and and trying to and trying to win it. I love I love everything that Sammy does. Like the way he goes about his business, you know, it's brilliant. And you know, his ceiling is is higher than what he thinks it is as well. I think the boy is a special talent. He is a very special
3: talent. Sam Connors is not just a bowler, though. I mean, just give me one comment. How would you describe Sam Connors as batting player? So the, so the, so the seventy six not out he scored in New
1: Zealand last weekend doesn't surprise you. Oh uh, no! It certainly won't be boring either. I'm sure if there's highlights <laughs> around, it'll it will be. It was it was eighty-one balls. There you go. You see, so you know that's a bit subdued for Sammy. So I will have a word <laughs> with him. It's a bit disappointing, but um, you know, Sammy's Sammy's got so much ability all round, and I'm, we've seen it in little snippets. The boy can bat anyway. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, he kept telling us that when we interviewed him fully enough.
1: He did yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a very I don't know if you know this, but there was a very rare occasion earlier this season when uh Sam played for his club, and uh, our friend Scrimmy played for Dunstall on the same day, and I think between them scored three, but Scrimmy was batting at three that day as well, and he, he again he swears to me that he can bat, but he was batting at three at Dunstall. I don't know what Jamie Benstead
1: would say about that to be frank, scrimmy batting at three is Thailand. that's um. That's a bit different. Um, that's an interesting one
3: that, for you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that's why he's going to Northants because he wants to bat higher up the order. But you never know.
1: <laughs> Scrimmy, Scrimmy, can bat. He's just got some. We'll say some wacky thoughts that go through his head when he bats. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. You know, like going back to Sammy. Sammy's. Sammy can definitely bat. He's someone that you know can push himself to be a bowler that bats as opposed to just a, a bowler. Um, you know, there's no reason why he can't be a seven-eight for, yeah. for you know, in a couple of years when he's, you know, he's obviously further developed and and go. And I do think Sammy's, you know, he's he's got the ability there, and he's got the the fire in him. You know, he has he's a very much a competitor um, with both bat and ball. And one thing I'll say about Sammy is he gives 100% every time he he puts his shirt on and goes out there, which is why I, you know, I love playing with him. I think he's um, he's definitely a fantastic person to be with, um, and he's a great human. So,
3: yeah. yeah, and he he said the best thing I've ever heard on a um, a podcast interview in the last two years that we've been doing this. He when we talked to him about Shan Basud coming back for Yorkshire for, to play against Derbyshire, he just said, "Yeah, I'm going to get him out," and he did. Uh, and you know that's that's the sort of attitude I want from my sports people, and I think you need that in a squad of players where you're trying to grow as a team. You need to, everyone to be on the front foot, not just, mm, not sure, you've got to go. And I think that's what Sam sort of leads with it. He's he's become one of the senior members within the squad now, hasn't
1: he? He has, and I think we go back to the conversation of, you know, those big moments in a game. Yeah. You need one of those characters to have that personality of going, I'm going to get him out. Give me the ball. Stop wasting time here. Yeah, I'll get him out. Yeah. And Sammy's got that. And it doesn't matter if Sammy's bowled 20-odd 20, 20 overs during the day and you need a wicket at the end of the day, you'll go, no, give me the ball, give me yeah, the ball, yeah, I'll do it. You know, he's definitely someone that I look at and I go, you know what, I've got so much respect with how you go about your cricket, how you go about it. It's it's brilliant. And we're lucky to have a talent like Sam, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping that he's here for many years to come. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, and hopefully we you don't actually see him that much, you know, when he is here. Cause yeah, Because he's yeah. gone yeah. on to higher honours.
2: Captaincy?
1: Have you got any aspirations? I'd love to. Honestly, I'd love to. Um, I feel like I'm at a stage in my career where I feel like I, you know, I can offer a fair bit in terms Ooh. of leadership roles. Um, you know, it's something that you know I would love to do, and you know, mm. I, I've got the passion for Derbyshire ultimately. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of Derbyshire yeah. fans
2: out there. They would That's great news to hear. to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would. I'd generally love it and I feel like I, I'm someone that can push the club forward. Um, I do have that confidence in my ability. I, I've done captaincy stuff where I've gone before and it's, you know, it has seemed to have gone really well and um, mm. I'm hopeful that I've got the respectful uh, respect from the players in the dressing room, that they know that obviously they trust me and I trust them and I think that's part of it is having the trust from you know the, the lads around you yeah Um so yeah so I'd love to do it whether the hierarchy want me to do it that's that's their decision I'm sure they'll make that in in due course but um yeah I'm definitely I'd definitely put my name in the hat and I, it's something that I'd want to do
2: I think you know you've you've talked openly about your journey through cricket the ups and the downs and surely that's got to stand you in good stead for being able to man manage people yourself because you've got empathy with them, you know. And I think that's something that any good captain, you know, needs to have behind them really. Obviously you've got to back it up with the skills and that sort of thing. But there's a lot to be said for the not just the physical side but the mental side as well.
1: Yeah. And as I say, I've I've been lucky enough I've had people that have gone before me. Like Billy was brilliant with me. Um, you know, when I came to Derby and, you know, along the way I've learned from some pretty special people. So yeah, I've how, say spe- you how
3: special is it to have Ian Bell
1: come in to coach? Uh, yeah, he's obviously had a terrific career. Um, he's half decent. He's He's got, yeah, I'd, I'd still tell him now that I watch some of his videos of funny plays. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, um... he's... There's, there's
3: there's many a county cricketer have tried to mimic that cover drive. And I think there's quite a lot get close to it, to say the least. But he's just got that re- reputation. So, when he turned up at Derby, I know that a lot of fans were straight away, wow, this is great for our battered unit straight up automatically, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think when you've got that pedigree, you come in and the players look around going, geez, I'd love to pick his brain about certain things. And that's been... Um... That's part and parcel of it in that you're hoping that you can extract as much information out of your batting coach as humanly possible. Has he ever strapped them on at, at Derby? Oh, no, I'm sure he wants to. When he hits high catches in the field and it looks like he wants to hit it to the moon. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, he's never strapped them on. I'm sure there'll be a few bowlers queuing up to have a go at him. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Hey, let's look at, back at last season a bit further.
3: Within Derbyshire, but also within the county scene, you mentioned a couple of lads already. Tom Lee, uh, Alex Lees in particular, who stood out for you that potentially you didn't really know was going to stand out either at Derbyshire or in the county scene.
1: Well, first things first, I have to go Leas, and not because I didn't think he'd stand out, but how far he stood out. Yeah, <laughs> I think if I am being honest with you, the boy's an international cricketer. Yeah, like, Hungarian. Like, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think the boy he's he's there now. I look at him, and I, I just think. You know, he's. I said it when I first came over. He was a special player when I first mm-hmm. saw him, but he's now putting it together, and I just think he's a yeah. he's someone that I think is an international cricketer now. I think we'd just, always
3: seen glimpses, hadn't we? But last season, he just put it together week in, week out in whatever
1: format he played. Yeah, and I think if you ask him, he was disappointed in his 2020 mm-hmm. season. You know, he, he obviously had a couple of knocks where he did unbelievable, the Chesterfield one, and. Yeah. And then at Birmingham um, itself was a special, special knock. But his Red Bull stuff, like I can't remember, was it 15 innings it took him to get to a thousand? You know, he he's had a his last 24 months have been exceptional. You know, he's gone to South African Premier League, he's dominated mm-hmm. there. He's, you know, he's gone for what, 125 in the in the hundred and mm-hmm. fine. You know, he didn't get the opportunity this year with weather and all the rest of it to to stand out. But you know, the year before at Welsh Fire, he was yeah constantly the man sticking his hand up he's yeah I just think he's a special talent he really is he, um, he
3: is a special talent but I'm gonna be very picky on that and say that yeah he scored 1236 runs for Derbyshire but the other Lewis the one I'm talking to right now scored 1048 and you average more than Lewis deploy you know you averaged 87 versus is 82 so yeah I'm glad you're staying I think you're picking a bit there Ian <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. We've got to be picky on these things, have we? He's gone. He's gone to bloody Middlesex. No, and look, I'm glad I'm staying as well. As I say, Darby's my home. Um, and, you know, it's, I love the club through and through. So, yeah, I, yeah.
3: I, I think his white ball efforts were good, but you all got eclipsed by the goats, unfortunately, when it came to the white ball this year, didn't you? Because I think, didn't uh, Maddow score something like six or seven 50s back to back or something daft in in the yeah, team's I, right think team. it, I
1: think it was five 50s back to back, and then he chucked it away on 40 odd. I think it
3: was, yeah, yeah. Um, and when someone's doing that, it doesn't matter what you all do. It makes you all look daft, doesn't
1: it? Oh, uh, he makes us look daft anyway, doesn't he? Let's be fair. But um, he's just—he is so good. He's so good. Like he's—I couldn't believe he couldn't—he didn't play for the Manchester Originals till the back end. Uh, just you know, biggest, he, biggest
3: shock of the season that was for me. When he, when he was playing the way he was with the Vitality Blast to
1: go up to Manchester and not get a game. I was I was amazed. And, you know, mm-hmm. people say, oh, yeah, they want to play left-hand, right-hand. You know, I get that. But let's be no. fair, he's better left-handed than what I am. So, <laughs> you know, he's, um, yeah. yeah. He's I class. don't get it. But he's, hard. yeah, he... strange. Who stood out in the bowling group for you? What, at Derby or in general? Yeah. At Derby, it's a close one because, as I say, I've got to go the full package. You know, Chappie didn't play as much as... Yeah. You know, you'd know, obviously want um, with his injuries and things like that. He looked good when he played. Um, Tomo didn't start the year off, but then I thought he bowled bloody well. absolutely. I thought he bowled brilliantly there. Sammy was probably ineffective for the first part of the year, and then I have to say that he bowled bloody well towards the end of the year yeah. without the rewards, consistently what he did. And then Nuji showed second half of the year what he's about. But if I have to pick one, stand out, I'm going to give it to Tomo.
3: Yeah, I think his second half of the season was sensational, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think um I think the boy obviously struggled with his knee last year and mm-hmm. you know, the rest of it. And he's you know, the way he bowled consistently in all forms, I'll say, all forms. I thought he put his hand up and I'm hoping he proved to himself a few things because again yeah. Someone who's that high, that spins it that much, has got as much control as what Tomo's got. I'm sorry, there's recipe there for someone to play more than just county cricket.
3: Definitely. And what about the the bowlers we've got coming through for next season? I mean, how excited are you to have Pat Brown for a full season? Uh I th- I think that's one of the best signings of the lot. And and a certain Mr. Amir. Uh how exciting is that?
1: Yeah, I think Brownie um obviously he's he's got a lot of white ball credentials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's represented England with it. Um, I think Brownie is a very skillful bowler. I think his next phase of his development is understanding what sort of Red ball bowler he is. I think there's enough to work with. He's got pace, he's got, you know, he's got skill with it. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. Obviously, we had him on loan for yeah. a couple of games at the back end of this year, but it's very difficult to be, to just sort of, I suppose, just fit into a certain role. We've got to learn about him and he's got to learn about us. And hopefully there's a bit of a, a relationship form there so hopefully over the next couple of years we see brownie just go from strength to strength in in his red ball stuff i think his white ball stuff's going to be there and thereabouts regardless 100%. um i think he's he's that clever and that skillful with his change-ups yeah um i think he's a real asset to us mohammed amir i've been lucky enough to play with him um with the london spirit so i know a bit about him anyway as a person and and there's a player, and I think he's you know a left armer that swings it and bowls it decently. You can be excited about any any time anyway. But I know how passionate he is, and I know yeah. how much when he's got that ball in his hand, he's you know, he's going to entertain a few people. Um his career speaks for itself. And I'm hopefully that he's got a he's got a point to prove when he's he's with us to um you know to show off that he's he's still this world class bowler. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I remember watching him when he was a 17 year old and I was blown away. Um, I was just like, this boy's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm hopefully that we can see the best of Mohammed Amir. We can keep him fit and firing, and, you know, he can win games of cricket for us. Because um, ultimately, that's what your overseas are there to do, it's to win games of cricket for you.
3: Definitely. And if you look back on 2023 as a season as a whole, you, know, you scored the county championship as a five out of 10. Would I be right the same? really, with, for the other parts of the season, for the, you know, for the Metro one day and for the Vitality Blast, you, you, again, you'd go around that five, six out of ten at that middle ground? The
1: Metro Bank had scored lower. I think I was really disappointed with the Metro Bank. I think, if we're being honest with you, that should have been something that we were there and thereabouts with. But I think we should have given ourselves at least semi-final sort of spot for it. You know, I think we had the players there. I know we lost Lloydy um, to an injury, which... You know, it wasn't ideal because you know the way Lloydie was playing was was brilliant. Um, but the twenty twenty stuff, what we were, a, we had an all shoes out game against Worcester, and that's after we probably chucked a couple of games away that we should have absolutely cruised. So I'll give that one a six, the twenty twenty, but I'll give the Metro Bank a three. Pleasantly,
3: honestly critical, which is what we always like from everyone who speaks <laughs> on our podcast, to say the least. So let's look forward to next season very briefly, Lewis, because. You know, you're sat there now waiting to get back down to Derby and start with the strength and conditioning coaches and get ready again for next season. You know, there's quite a few ins and outs already at Derbyshire for next year. What's your thoughts just very simply going forward to next year? Because this is Mickey's third year. And it's you know, a bit a lot of changes. You say matters is the only one there from when you first joined. What, what can you see happening next year?
1: Yeah, I think this year's got to be a bit of a catalyst to to sort of change certain things of how we do things. Um, I think for, first and foremost, we've got to get this part of the year right. So when you go back in November, that's when it all starts. People think, oh, it starts in, in April when you walk out no nah, it doesn't at all you you do the hard yards now when you concentrate mm-hmm. on the things that need to be done and rectified now yeah so then when things happen in april it's natural it's fluent and you know it becomes second nature to people so if i'm being honest i think we have to change the way we train i think there has to be a bit more attention to detail with certain things and ultimately it's up to the senior players to set an example for the rest of the lads and if they're not meeting those expectations and standards then they've got to be pulled up on it you know as much as it you want an environment to be brutally honest at times you want it to be honest um but also you want an environment that's fun and enjoyable because ultimately if people are scared of making mistakes then they're not going to develop into what they need to develop into or what they should develop into yeah so i think this winter is about creating that environment where there's certain expectations on people in terms of how they conduct themselves and Mm -hmm. and what's the required level um that we're after yeah but also an environment where people are safe to try things um and fail in order to reach a higher level than what they're currently at. Yeah. definitely. Um, it's gonna be something got to drill in to all the lads this winter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Mickey's Mickey's away in Pakistan and and you know, I'm sure there'll be players popping in and out of training along their way. But it's about setting an environment that when people come back to that environment so, people that have been away, so Sammy, we mentions in New Zealand, when he comes back, he looks at it and goes, Oh, wow, like I've actually got to, I've got to lift my game. Yeah. I've got to jump on board this train. And that's what I suppose that's the exciting thing. Um, because what you can create is something really strong. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's something that hopefully we can set right now. So then when it comes to April, you're turning those six, five, and a three, and you're then sort of m- walking up more of the ladder of a, a seven, eight, nine, ten means that everything's gone superb. Yeah, you know, it, it never does, but you know, if you can get numbers of seven, eight, nine, then I guarantee you you've walked away with a piece of silverware along the way.
3: Which is what Mickey said he wants to do. He wants to put Silver back on on the board, there, doesn't he? Definitely. Tell me, yeah. we've also got some very, very, very good youngsters coming through at Derbyshire. Who should Derbyshire fans be looking out for next year to possibly make that next step breakthrough in the batting group and the, the bowling group from
1: that, that youngsters group? You got the youngsters. Obviously, Waggy showed in the last couple of games that he played that he's a special talent. Yeah. Um, you know, he he scored a couple of fifties there, and arguably probably scored more runs in the in the ones than he did in the twos. So. So It'd be interesting to see how he goes. He's going away to, to Perth, so it's a, it's a place that I know really well. Um, so get I'll be some, de- get some decent out.
3: batting tracks down there,
1: yeah. It's a bit of a myth that uh, I'm not gonna lie, like people <laughs> pace and bounce, you don't get that out in Perth. Um, a lot of slow, low, sort of tacky wickets out there, okay. Um, but yeah, a bit, it'll be bit like an English summer, on. then pretty much, yeah. There's a bit more spin, though, in, in Perth, which again, strange when you, when you go off stereotypes, yeah. Um So he's going there. So I'll be excited to see how he comes back. I think he's, you know, he can kick on and his job's going to be to challenge to get into that side, to be knocking it down, not just, you know, scoring the odd 50 or the 100 in the twos, but to be really knocking that door down and saying, Mm -hmm. man, lads have arrived. Um, And then from the bowling group, we've obviously got two lads to choose from. You've either got Pottsy, so you've got Mick Potts, who, you know, I saw Pottsy in 2020 when we trained at Repton School. And right there, I said, this boy's got something special about him. Uh, he's got some decent pace, skills, and I think if he's being honest, he probably had a disappointing season. You know, he didn't play the amount of first-team cricket that's what he was no. probably hoping. And yeah, he, from all accounts, I don't think he's probably bowled as well as he would have liked for as long as he would have wanted. Um, but I think when you come across one of those periods of times in your career and you have that mentality about you, which I know Potsy does, you can turn that into something really special and you can use it as a springboard to move forward. So I think Potsy's going to come back a completely different bowler. Him going away to, you know, whether it's New Zealand or Australia. um, I know he's trying to sort it out currently, but um, him standing on his own two feet, being the focus point of the group, having to look after his own training, hopefully have contacts where he can work with, you know, a a specialist coach out in New Zealand and get him out of his comfort zone. I think Mm -hmm. that can only bode well for your development. Okay. Um, and the second player? Obviously, young Harry Moore. I tell you what, that boy's.
3: Our friends at Clifton CC couldn't be more excited.
1: Oh, honestly, I, I looked at him. I saw him in the Nets first and I was like, Jesus, boy, has got something. But there's again, there's something seeing someone in the Nets and then someone yeah. seeing him in a game. And I saw him in that game against Northampton and he overstepped. He called a no ball and he's like second ball, I think it was. And he's just. Didn't fluster whatsoever, he bowled a slow ball and made the batter look silly. Play a miss and he just carried on in his merry way and then ended up bowling like a genius for the rest of the game. Yeah. And I just looked at him and I said, you know what, you may have skill level, but you've got the temperament to go just as far. Um, and I've got to say, I'm excited. If, you know, again, we can look after him, we keep him fit, get him strong. I'm sure there's another, however much pace left in him and he's only going to get better and better.
3: I, I look at Harry and think of the group he's going to be around next year with Mohammed with uh, Zach Chapel, Pat Brown, Sam Connors has now got that experience behind him as well. Yeah, he's going to lean on all of these guys, and he's going to have an incredible group. Basically, isn't
1: he? Yeah, and you've got H to come back into that as well. So you've got yeah. Aichi to come back after his stress fracture. Yeah, definitely. So we've got a, a group of bowlers now, which you know I think there's excitement there um, with it. Obviously, you know, we would have loved to have kept Scrimmy and, and had Scrimmy within that bowling group. You know, You know, a 16-year-old lad making his debut, you're always going to be excited. <laughs> but then a 16-year-old lad to perform the way he did, it just makes you even more excited and I have to say like he speaks so well about you know where he's at and all that sort of stuff and I've had conversations with him and I just think you know what you've you've got a bright bright future ahead of you and I'm excited to to at least be a little part of that journey and if obviously I can help him and talk to him in little ways then you know then brilliant but you know, you can obviously bat as well, which is the scary point. So, yeah,
3: So He's a proper club you know. cricketer. He's come through, he's done a lot.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I think, as I say, those three boys are the, are the young guns coming mm-hmm. through. Um, yeah. And then you forget, you know, you've still got H E K me and all that, that, that are still young and, you know, they make me feel incredibly old. So. Yeah,
3: definitely. And, you know, when you think what Guestie did last year, well, he's had two really good years, in fact, hasn't he? And you know, Building on that... Uh, Nudge I mean could you ask for a better all rounder in in the division
1: oh you know Nudge he's he's been brilliant obviously he's probably been disappointed with the runs he scored this year Um, but he's you know second half of the year he's been so consistent with he was battling injuries
3: in the first half of the year wasn't he
1: he was yeah he's had sore ribs and sore side or whatever it was but you know Nudgy's a great friend of mine and I can honestly say you know we do similar sort of roles in terms of our bowling and things like that and yeah. we're generally really happy for each other whenever the other one does well and he's a very close friend of mine and I've got a lot of respect for the man I think he's a terrifically talented cricketer and I think again he doesn't realize how good he really is I every time I look at him I'm, I'm in awe of him because he's you know I think he's a hell of a batter a hell of a bowler and let's be fair he's he's probably the best fielder in the country stumps
0: and
3: so Lewis we come to that time where we'd like to have a bit of fun with uh, our professionals in particular and we want you to enter a team into the Stump, Stumpsumps and beer pumps six-a-side competition next year. Um we want you to put a six-a-side team together from all the players you've played with over the years. We may go all the way back to Leyland, it might go, you know, London Spirit, Lancashire, Derbyshire, the whole lot. But I want you to name your two batters, your two bowlers, your all-rounder, and your wicketkeeper that you put together for your 6 society team. So let's start with your first big question. Are you going to put yourself in it or are you going to manage it? No, I'm going to be the manager. So who are going to be your two batters in your 6 society team?
1: Okay, so I'm going to go with a club cricketer from Leyland and a lad called Chris Parkinson to open the bat.
3: Chris Parkinson. And who's he going to bat with? I think I might know.
1: So I'm going to go with Harry Kane. Oh, Interesting. Not who I thought.
3: Your two bowlers.
1: So my bowlers is going to be Dave Makinson. Leyland. And I'm going to go with Sam Connors.
3: Your all-rounder.
1: My all-rounder is going to be... Oh, it's got to be Nudge. It's got to be our Nudge. And your wicketkeeper. My wicketkeeper. See, the easy one's Guesty, so I can't... Would he be upset if you left him out? He probably would. We'll leave Uh... him out then. (laughs) So, I'm going to go with. Nah, he's a good friend of mine. I'm going to have to put him in. Guest, he's going in. Okay. So,
3: we're going to go for two Leyland lads and four Derbyshire players. Yeah. And somehow, for the first time in Derbyshire podcasts, the goat Madsen did not make it.
1: Nah, he's. he's, We're all about entertainment in my side, and he's too good. So, you know, we've got to make. We've got to have some failures as well in my team. So. Sorry, Mads, you're too good, and you can sit somewhere else.
3: <laughs> and as Carl Cross never made it, I Nudge, you've got to be a player to keep Crossy out.
1: Yeah, Crossy, Crossy's gonna. I'm going to bring Crossy with me anyway. So if he's not, if he's not uh, part carrying the players, drinks, he's going to be. He's going uh, He's going to be the assistant coach. Carl
3: sounds about right. That's great. Thanks, Lewis. No
1: worries.
0: Absolutely fantastic interview, lads. Fantastic talk with Lewis there. Really good interview and a really good all-round bloke. Thanks very much. Uh, Firstly, thank you very much to Derbyshire for allowing us to interview Lewis and especially a big thank you to you, Lewis, for your time, honesty and hospitality towards us. Folks, that brings us to the end of another pod and another Derbyshire special. Keep liking, subscribing and following us. And don't forget, if you have any questions, funny stories or would just like your opportunity to tell your story on Stumps, Umps, and Beer Pumps then please get in touch via all the usual social media platforms or email us directly on stumps, Umps, and beer Pumps at gmail.com That's all we've got time for, so until next time... Stumps, umps and Beer Pumps... So that's all we've got time for for this edition of Stumps, Umps and Beer Pumps. Thank you to our special guest today. If you know someone at your club that wishes to come and have a chat with us and talk about your club, then please email us on stumps, umps and beer pumps at gmail.com. Also, please like and subscribe, and also you can follow us on Twitter. If you've got any questions, any stories, or any funny anecdotes, then please again email us on stumps, umps and beer pumps at gmail.com. We hope you've enjoyed our tour around club cricket life. So please join us again for more of the same. Thank you very much for listening. This is Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps. So until next time, there's your one for the over. Stumps, pumps and Beer Pumps. Sports
1: Social Podcast
0: Network. Stump, stumps, Sumps and Beer Pumps.